Yo, what's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Today is episode 187, Harvard versus 100K. So some people like to argue. I like to think. You know what I'm saying? I like to think about my life experiences. And I think um, this time of the year at the end of the year is the perfect time to reflect and think about what would you do differently in life? You know, what are some things that you've done well? And if you could go back in time, what would you do? What decision would you make? I'll tell you this. One of my favorite movies of all time. Don't judge me. Back to the Future. I love Back to the Future just because of the idea of like, if you go back, if you change one thing, everything changes. You got to, you know, deal with all these layers and things. And I guess in life we deal with so many regrets. And sometimes we thinking that like, yo, if I could just do this over, um, you know, but sometimes that's not the best thing because you wouldn't learn the lesson you would learn. So I posed this hypothetical question on social media today, uh, asking people if they could go back to their 18 year old self and, you know, have this person choose between one hundred thousand dollars and a full ride scholarship to Harvard. What would they do? And today we're going to dive into what people said on social media. I'm going to unpack all my thoughts and the details. We're going to talk about the terms um, that are involved. Like, you know, is the money taxed or not taxed? Does the scholarship include room and board or not? And then I'm going to give my answer after I, you know, go through a whole bunch of information unpacking this with the entire goal being like wanting people to think about, you know, critically think about these things. Like I know a lot of people might have just had an answer off the top of, you know, their mind and just shooting from the hip. But I'm always trying to think and challenge myself. Like, why do you think like that? Why do you believe that? And I think I'm going to be able to share some things with y'all um, about my experiences in corporate America, work, working for a Fortune 50 organization for uh, 16 years now. Um, some of the pros and cons and things I've learned. Um, also, being a college graduate and how I feel about having a degree versus not having a degree. So we're going to jump into the intro. And then when we come back, then I'm going to kick it with you. And we're going to answer this question. We're going to think about it. You know, it ain't about right or wrong. It's just about how you think about it and being critical in your thinking and not just shooting from the hip. But would you take $100,000 or a Harvard scholarship? We about to find out in one second, man. Let's see what y'all say. Stop saying what you going to do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. Felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die. Is it fake the fear? All right, y'all. We are back and we are about to dig into this topic. Harvard versus $100,000. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I asked a question on Facebook, and most people, to my surprise, to be real, most people said that they would choose the $100,000. You know, it didn't, it's not like it had a crazy amount of comments, but it had enough. And I was actually surprised at how many people was just like, like easily, like, they, like basically people like it's not even close. They'll take the 100000 So I'm like, you know, let's take this to the podcast and let's really like, let, like y'all kind of took me back a little bit. So I'm, I'm like, I'm, I need to really think about this and, and talk through this. So first things first, let's deal with the terms. You know what I'm saying? Because we ain't even talk about that. And I'm like, 
you know, people did ask some questions, you know, shout out to the ladies that asked questions because they um, they had to be thorough. But um, so first of all, here are the terms. It is the you today. Right. The, like I said, my, my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies is Back to the Future. So the idea is, it's the, the version of you today, you know, making this choice for the 18 year old version of you. That means you know everything you know now. So that's the first thing. That's the first part of the terms is that this is not your 18-year-old self or what do you think you would have did when you were 18 years old? It is what would you, what decision would you make today for the 18-year-old version of yourself? Like how would you advise yourself, you know, in this situation? So that's the first thing. It's you today knowing everything you know now and making the decision for the 18-year-old version of yourself. The $100,000 is tax-free, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you're talking about getting $100,000 cash, you know, wire transferred to your bank today um, at 18 years old, and trying to think through what you would do with that and how you would um, invest it or spend it or, you know, so on and so forth. And then on the other side of that, it is the Harvard education which is a full scholarship to Harvard University, including room, board, meal plan, books, whatever. I don't know what all, I don't even know what's all included in board. What's room and board? What's, what's board? Somebody help me out. All right, so that's the terms, right? The terms are full ride scholarship to, to Harvard versus $100,000. Now, like I said, most people on my Facebook page just flat out said they're going to take the $100,000. All right, I want to start thinking through this. The first thing I want to realize is, want you to realize is, and again, a lot of this stuff, it's not like I did heavy, crazy research, nothing you can't do yourself. Uh, just looking at Google, looking at various sources, um, trying to kind of see what was the most common theme. So just take these numbers as, you know, as a grain of salt. But it looks like Harvard is about $52,000 a semester without room and board. Room and board makes it close to 75,000. I think it was like 74.9. So when you look at that, you know, that um that Harvard education, I'm sorry, um a year. I think that was a year. We we saying a year, 75,000 a year. Um, you know, that takes you to about $300,000 over the life of the scholarship. Now again, um that's just the estimate. So that's the very first thing I want to, you know, want y'all to really think about as you answering this question is, all right, you got $100,000 cash, but you are getting something that right off the top is valued at $300,000. So the Harvard scholarship costs three times as much as the $100,000 can provide. And all right, you're 18 years old. So some of the things that I really want to think about is, um, before I jump into that, let me, let me share... Um, I, I want to share a couple things and um, about what I learned, um, you know, kind of in in corporate America. You know what I mean? So for those who don't know me, um, if you haven't rocked with this show in the past or wherever you might be listening to that on a replay, um, I have worked at a Fortune 50 organization for 16 years now. I graduated uh, from college with a business marketing degree from Oakland University in Rochester, Michigan. And um, Oakland is a pretty good academic school. So super proud of that and started my corporate career three days before I officially finished my final class. So I actually walked in May 
and of 2006 and i had one more class that i finished in august of 2006 and i got the job the, the job at this uh, fortune 50 organization three days before my final class was finished so that was a real important thing for me and so i started entry level that's the other thing to know i mean when i say entry level i'm talking bottom of the barrel entry level nothing wrong with that um but i'm just trying to give you an idea of like my experience I'm also from the inner city uh, in Detroit, uh, east side, kind of, you know, came into corporate America a little rough around the edges. Um, I don't come from money or anything like that. Uh, great family, you know what I mean? But um, no one in my family had worked in corporate America prior to me as far as my immediate family. Uh, no one had um, really gone on this journey that I had gone on. I had to kind of go on it blind. So for me, uh, what corporate America taught me um, about networking is really the value of networking. And when you start trying to grow your career, as I have over the past 16 years, I've been blessed enough to do eight roles. I think I'm on my eighth role in 16 years. So on average, that sounds pretty good. Like, oh, so I've done on average, you know, uh, a new role every two years. But that wasn't the case. When I came out um, in corporate America, I was in I was in my first role only like three to four months um, because they had created a new role. And I, I ran I jumped into that. But I was in those next two roles that I did was over the course of like six years. I think um, I had went from 2007 to 11 and one role. 11 to 15 in another row. I mean, so that's like almost eight years. So when you when you really look at those first eight years of my career, I had done about three jobs. Um, and it was I was really just in there by myself. Like I ain't know nobody. I didn't know how to get promoted. I didn't have any mentors. Anyone kind of guide me along the way. And I would always see people getting promoted, see people who were buddy buddy with managers and things like that. And, you know, I didn't know the first thing about how to develop and build those relationships. Now, you know, y'all could judge me if y'all want to. So maybe it's somebody out there like, oh, you you should have known that ain't nothing, whatever. But you talking about a young kid in his early 20s, you know, um, coming from the inner city coming from, you know, the most segregated city in America, at least one of them, probably the most at the time. I know it's one of the top five most segregated uh, cities in America. At one point in the past few years, Detroit was 88 percent black. So if you kind of take that fact that I had only spent my entire life really around black people um, before I got to corporate America. Now, college, uh, that really leads me to my second point that I want to talk about. So corporate America taught me about the value of networking and seeing people and understanding that you is really not who you know. It is what I mean, it's not what you know. It really is who you know. And uh, the higher up you go in, in really, you know, any area of life and business, um, you start realizing that firsthand that there are people who are not as good, but they have strong connections. And they can go much further than people who are super talented and don't have a sponsor, a mentor, a supporter or anything, anyone kind of in their corner, in those rooms that are making decisions and speaking on behalf of that person. Now, for me, if you like me again, maybe a lot of people might know way more than I do did and might be way more experienced. But for me, coming out of the hood. It was like, I didn't know about that stuff. I really didn't. I just thought, all right, I'll go work hard. 
when I work hard, then I get promoted or I get opportunities. And you really realize that the fact of the matter is that's not the case. So what's the point I'm making? The first point that I'm making is that just having spent 16 years at a Fortune 50 organization, when I'm going back and making this decision for my 18 year old self, it's coming from the mindset. The first thing that I'm checking is I'm like, yo, Jermaine, there is a lot of value in a network. Like a network is like really what drives a people net worth. I didn't make that up. I know that's like a cliche that people say, but it it is when you see it in action. The, the, the biggest thing I could say to you is like when you are in these rooms or you're seeing people get, you know, life changing jobs um, with life changing salaries. And I'm not saying people get those simply just because they know people. They are qualified. But you start realizing that if you like at a certain level, everybody's qualified. So that, that's one of the one things you realize is like, hey, you know, when you're going after an entry level job, you're like, hey, I have a college degree. And that's like a real big deal. If you're going after an executive job, everybody has a degree. Now people have multiple degrees, um, you know, um, so it, it becomes more challenging at that point. But it's the network, right? We all are meeting the qualifications at a certain point. It's the network a lot of times that is the difference between success and, um, you know, really being maybe average, you know, just to be honest. It's, it's very easy uh, to get stuck being average um, in life. And, and regardless of what area in life you in, it's very easy to be stuck being average. So um, let me let me go into the next part. Um, that really leads me to my greatest regret in college. So it wasn't until I went in corporate America and had spent some years in corporate America before I realized what my greatest regret in college was. Because like I told you, I came from Detroit, super segregated city. It, I mean, it was like two or three white people that went to school with me and they acted black to me. So it was like we really viewed them like we didn't view them. And I don't mean it's like, you know, the world's so sensitive today like this. I don't know if this is offensive or not, but it's like when you have uh, just think Eminem. There you go. Um, so I went to school with two or three Eminems. And when, you know, Eminem, y'all might view him like I'm, I'm sure, you know, a, a lot of people culturally view him as like he's white and all that. But like, I mean, from Detroit, Eminem is. <laughs> you know, you just it, it's different. That's all I can say to you. So because um, culturally what you're being exposed to um you know, white people who grew up in the hood around me were culturally the same. They weren't culturally different. So it ain't even about the color of your skin. It's just like from a lifestyle perspective and culturally, I can relate. Cool. Well, my biggest regret in college, you know, looking back at college was that I didn't develop a network. Now, that's not to say like I got friends and people that I'm cool with to this day. Uh, and there are some people that I've been able to do some some cool things with in music and um, I value those friendships and stuff. So I don't I'm not throwing shade at the people that I'm still connected to. But what what I did overlook was like when I was in the College of Business, that was really one of the like like Oakland wasn't a black school is my point. So in college, I was around whites and other cultures. I don't want to start naming ethnicities or whatever, but I was around all types of people. But because I came from a segregated city, like we were segregated, like. In college, the black people hung with the black people. The white people hung with the white people. Now, I'm not saying, like, you know, 
I knew a couple, I had a, you know, knew a couple white people, uh, mostly through like basketball team type stuff. Um, just being around my friends that was on the basketball team, not me, but like, I wasn't kicking it with them. I wasn't networking and, and building relationships on a personal level. And when I look back at school, there are different people, you know, I mean, include myself, right? I've been blessed to go on and do some good things in life and at least have some small form of success, if you will. But like, there are people who have gone on to do things that I'm like, oh, I knew that person. Like, we could have kicked it. We could have, I could have brought value to them. Maybe they could have brought value to me, even if it's just as I'm going through these experiences through corporate America and business and learning how to have some success and kind of going from poverty transitioning into success there are people that i could have stayed closer to and we could have had conversations and we could have you know iron sharpens iron right um and i didn't take advantage of that network when i was in school so that's actually one of my absolute number one regrets in college is that i did not network properly you know again i had people that were my friends but that wasn't even those people who are my friends we didn't build relationships based on what our majors were, what our dreams were, what our goals were. So even today, we might have friendships, but we never did business together. We aren't picking up the phone to call each other for uh, with opportunities or, you know, helping each other in those ways. And so for me, that was a huge regret. And the reason I'm laying this out this way is because I think the first thing you have to ask yourself before you make this decision for your 18 year old self and maybe you are 18 or 20 and maybe you're real close to it. So it's, um, is maybe it's easier for you to say what you would do, but for those who have any, you know, have a little more life experience. Um, the first thing you got to really step back and, and think about is what is this decision? What are you really deciding? Because the first thing for me that I, that I really, um, thought was the Harvard, the Harvard decision is all about the network for me. Cause there's two different ways you could look at this Harvard experience. You could look at the route of, I'm just going to go to Harvard and I'm going to get a degree and work a job, right? That's one way to make the decision and say, is that more valuable than a hundred thousand dollars to me? Yes or no. Or you might ask yourself, well, what if it's about me going and being in the Harvard environment? Like, and we can't, like, we cannot underestimate the environment, the potential network of Harvard. I like, I want you to think, I gotta, let me see. I, I had to write some stuff down because I'm like, yo, like, like, when you, when you talk about the Harvard, before you make this decision of, would you take the $100,000 or would you take a full ride to, to Harvard? Now, I've already told you that it cost about $300,000 for a four-year degree at Harvard, including room and board. So we're giving you a $300,000 education at one of the most prestigious universities in America, in the world. But on top of that, it's the environment. So again, I'm going to talk about me. And this ain't no knock or no shade at the people in the environments that I grew up in on no level, right? We just talking business, success, and we being real. For me coming from Detroit, you know, that young, I had never really been around. I'm Okay, let me not exaggerate this, right? There are times in my life my parents had me in certain environments 
outside of where we lived, right? And and I got to be around some successful people. I got to see success in different ways. So this ain't a knock on that. But I'm saying this is on steroids when you when you say that I it's a difference between seeing success and being close to it and having access to it. Like this it's a it's a whole different um thought or or situation when you close to something where you have access. I'm going to give you an idea. I've gone to Pistons games. I remember one Pistons game where my boy Kel um, came in town. One, he uh, plays basketball professionally in the Philippines. There was some coach or something here from the Philippines that knew some Pistons people. And Kel had us. We weren't in the locker room. We were down there right outside the locker room. So we were right outside the players' locker room as they were going in and out. What's my point? I was close to the players. I remember Brendan Haywood came out the locker room. Brendan is like 7'2". That was probably the first time I've been around somebody that's legitimate as tall as a tree. And I was just like, yo, he like, he's so tall, it's funny. Like, it don't seem real. Like, it, and, and my point was, I was close to Brendan, but I only have access to Brendan. I couldn't pick up a phone and call him. We weren't chilling at the dorm eating pizza. You know, you've been you've been close to celebrities. You ever seen somebody and asked them, could you take a picture? You were close to them. Being close to something and having access to something is a completely different situation. And so for me, when I think about the Harvard experience, one of the things that I'm thinking about is not just the three hundred thousand dollar education and the fact that I'm going to be able to have on my, a degree on my wall to say Harvard, I'm going to be able to have on my resume, Harvard. We know that there is value in that. Like if I told y'all right now that I had a business degree from Harvard, most of y'all would instantly think I was smarter. Like regardless of like instantly, it would instantly have some level of value or present some level of credibility to people. If I told if I walked around saying I had a business degree from Harvard. Now, you could say it's right. You could say it's wrong. I just say it's real. At the end of the day, there is value in a Harvard degree. All right, so let's keep, let, let me tell you this. So this is just some of the facts about people who have graduated from Harvard. Now, of course, this is over probably 100 years or different times in life in the early 1900s, mid, late 2000s, whatever. So the timing is not what I'm, that ain't what I'm focused on. I'm just trying to give you an idea of the type of people that will be your classmates. Again, if you somebody like, you know, like me, I, I got classmates that, you know, you know, unfortunately were in the streets. They didn't make it. They didn't, they not alive anymore. I knew, I knew gang bangers. I knew drug dealers. Like, like some people ain't never been close to that. Some people have never had access to, to somebody who was, you know, living a wild life and, and maybe uh, living a life that you could write a movie script about. Right. And people, there are literally people I grew up with who were my friends who not here no more because they were in the streets. I had access to that. That was the type of access I had more normally. People who were living check to check, who were, you know, employees, not employers, like those type of things. Right. And no knock against nobody. I'm just being real about, you know, what we have access to in, in, in kind of the world we live. Let's let's go to the comments real quick. See biz TV media. What up? The name Harvard alone can open a lot of doors just to say I've been there, but the money has its perk. Hmm, which one? Yeah, that's 
And that is what we're thinking through right now. Exactly. The money definitely have its perks, and we're going to get to that. Let me name just a few of the people who have been Harvard graduates. And I'm not going to name names necessarily, but I want you to know there's been eight U.S. presidents, most recently uh, George W. Bush and Barack Obama, Harvard graduates. Eight presidents. What does this mean? This means that your best friend, your dorm mate, the person that you are um you know at lunch with or what in the cafe or hooping with like as you're building these relationships you could literally be building a relationship with the next president all right cool on top of that 150 nobel prize winners 150 150 nobel prize winners uh is the pulitzer prize different i couldn't tell when i was like searching but there look like about almost 100 of those, 50 to 100 Pulitzer Prize winners. Um, then I'm going to name just some of the companies who have at some point in the last, you know, since the 1900s, had a CEO that was a college graduate. And I want you to just really stop and think about this because, no, let me just name them first, some of the companies. Goldman Sachs, AMC Theaters. Boeing, the uh, the jet company. I don't know why that that name is so funny to me. Like Boeing. Anyway, I know that's weird. But uh, Microsoft, Steve Ballmer, uh, Kraft Heinz. You know, you like ketchup. Um, Viacom, Universal Pictures, the Airbnb co-founder. Imagine you are in class with the co-founder of Airbnb, and he kicking it with you about this idea that he's gonna have that's gonna revolution. These are the kind of people you can be building relationships with and presenting an opportunity to either A, go in business with them or B, because they know you and they have relationship and you are also credible. Right. A lot of this isn't I don't want you to think networking is about taking advantage of people. Networking is also about understanding the value you could bring. So you have to be a credible person when you think about wanting to network with somebody. A lot of times we think networking is just knowing somebody with a major name or with success. And you got to look at it from their point of view. If you can't bring them any value, why would they want to network with you? But maybe this co-founder of Airbnb also knows that you are a dynamic salesperson or you have these attributes and you're on your way to success as well. Uh, success as well. Maybe they co-found Airbnb. It gets to a certain level. You've kept in touch. You got their phone number. Hey, I would love to come and lead your North American division. And then now you have direct access and relationship and credibility and trust that you've already built in other people who are going on to be successful. Now, that's not it. Let's keep it going. American Express had a CEO at some point that was a uh, Harvard graduate, American Airlines, Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan Ch Chase, Ford Motor Company, Levi's, GE, McDonald's, Sony Pictures, Starbucks. Those are companies who have at some point in time, their CEO has been a Harvard graduate. So I want you to stop and think about something. You got $100,000 on the table that you're trying to decide. Do I take this $100,000? Or do I take this $300,000 uh, Harvard um, experience, this full scholarship, go get educated at one of the most prestigious colleges in the, uh, in the um, U.S. for four years, 
and also over those four years. Because remember, I said this is the you today making this decision for the 18 year old you, meaning, you know, everything, you know, now. So I would be going back knowing the value of networking. I would be going back understanding that network is some networking is something I need to do intentionally, not just kind of see what type. Oh, we both play basketball. Let's be friends. No, I need to be also cultivating the other skill sets and things that I want to do. A lot of times I, I made friends based on hobbies. And there's a difference between basing uh, friendships and meeting people based on hobbies. Hobbies, I can talk. Where's where's my cup at? I can talk. Where where's it at? Can can you see it? Okay, it's not. Why is it not? Hold on. That's about to make me mad. Why that ain't? Should have went to Harvard. Should have went to Harvard. All right, now I done lost my point. I can talk. I used to build friendships based on hobbies when I should have been building friendships based on goals, dreams, visions, um, what I was going to actually be doing in life. Because I'm not a basketball player in the NBA. So, hey, it's great that you play basketball too, buddy. But we should have been talking about other things because neither one of us made it to the NBA. Um, hey, I love to rap. You like to rap too. I met a lot of people freestyling in different dorms and stuff like that, but I never talked to them about something beyond a hobby. So if you were going back, and had the opportunity knowing that this university produces presidents, CEOs, Nobel Prize and Pulitzer Prize winners, so on and so forth. Now, not only did you might say, oh, it's been 100 years since that person went there. OK, where you think they sending their grandkids and their kids and where you think their kids are sending their kids. So now you have a network, you have families, you have history there. The access to that network, in my opinion, is the decision that needs to be made. That would be me. Like if if I'm making this decision, I'm making the decision based on the access to that network. Now, there's something really important that we need to talk about. And that is instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Now, this isn't to say that most of the people who decided that they want the $100,000 was simply based on instant gratification. But I will, I am asking the question and I'm asking you to think about it as you think about this. What is more important that I get something right now or that I have something that will be worth something in the future? This to me, outside of networking, is really one of the keys to success, it is understanding that, yes, you want to take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves in the moment and today, but you always want to be weighing out. How does the, deci how does the decision that I'm making today age over time? Does this decision age well? Not all decisions age well, man. And so sometimes we make decisions based on the the sunny weather today but then you travel and go wherever you're going and it's like oh it's raining or it's snowing like yeah you bought the plane ticket in june bro but you took the trip in december and so you always need to be thinking about those different dynamics whenever i travel for instance when i'm traveling to like um you know 
some body of water, some oceans, with some sea or whatever. I'm always trying to um, I'm always Googling when is the hurricane season in this particular area? Because I want to make sure that the decision I'm making don't just feel good today when I'm buying a ticket, but that there's like, oh, when I get there, I'm going to have an experience that lasts. So what's my point with that? Instant gratification is sometimes how we make decisions when we just want to um, when we are short sighted, when we just want a quick fix and we like, yo, hundred thousand dollars is right there right now. I I'll take the hundred thousand dollars. I'm not saying you wrong for taking a hundred thousand dollars. I'm not saying that the hundred thousand dollars automatically makes you an instant gratification person. I'm saying that it's worth thinking about in this regard. Now, delayed gratification might mean this Harvard experience that I'm going to have, which is producing no money right now. It's not going to produce any money for four years. Right. But I so I have to wait. But the question is, which one produces the most over time? Now, I think this really comes down to a major, a key question. And that is, what will you do with the hundred thousand dollars? All right. So a lot of people, like I said, on my Facebook post said they would take the hundred thousand. So my question is, OK, and do what? Because what you do or don't do with that hundred thousand dollars is what's going to actually like tell you whether or not this is the right decision. So a lot of people, as an example, said this. Um, I saw a lot of people on the post said, I'm going to take some money, save some money, and then I'm going to use some of it to go get a college, go get an education at another school. Okay, cool. But here's the question. So you're, you're already telling me that your plan is still to go and work because you're talking about going, number one, $100,000 doesn't make you not be able to work. Right. So let, I think that's another look. This this is this is the other question I really want to ask people is, does the hundred thousand dollars make your life more comfortable or is the hundred thousand dollars life changing like that? That is an important question to ask to me. Is a hundred thousand dollars life changing? I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not. This is going to be different for different people. And it may also vary depending on if you've actually ever had a hundred thousand dollars at one time or not, because if you had a hundred thousand dollars at one time or not, then you actually have some history on what you have done with a hundred thousand. I would even argue you can even um, estimate this out. If you've ever had twenty thousand dollars at one time, if you've ever had fifty thousand dollars at one time, what did you do with it? How much did it change your life? Because if a thousand if a hundred thousand dollars is worth what people are seemingly making it to be worth being valued at more worth more than a, a full scholarship to Harvard. Then if you have $50,000, you must be, you got to be well off now. Cause I know, you know, people will say, Oh, I'll invest it. You know how risky investing is. Investing is one of the most risky things you could do in life. There is no guarantee with investing. Look, just pull up the stock markets today. So you got to understand the risk. So there's no way you're going to tell me that you're going to take $100,000 and completely uh, invest $100,000. Now, if you do, that 
may be that's a gamble but you may be weighing it out and saying well going to harvard is a gamble and if i'm thinking of delayed gratification maybe my hundred thousand dollar investment today won't be worth nothing for 10 years but maybe in 10 years it'll 10x and be worth a million dollars so i actually think there's an argument for that but the other side that i that i question is the people who say they'll take the hundred thousand dollars to pay bills that's just so to me that just gives you a more comfortable life but it doesn't change anything you don't have a, a broader network you're you don't have access to successful individuals you are not in you know have have not um gone into the one percent of college graduates in the world um you know from these ivy league uh, type of schools and stuff and i'm not saying that all ivy league graduates it just mean you're going to be successful there may be some ivy league graduates out there that can provide some other perspective and be like no you don't understand i went to harvard or i went to brown or wherever and it's not what you know all is cracked up to be that may be true too i don't have that experience so there's a part of this where maybe i'm even naive but my point at the end of the day is what are you going to do with the hundred thousand dollars are you going to still go to school like you know is it life changing and that's a question that you have to ask yourself as you make this decision about will you take a hundred thousand dollars or a full scholarship to harvard now a couple more things i want to say about this this whole idea this decision to me if i get to i'm gonna get to my answer in a, in a second if i get to my answer my answer has to be based on a couple things. My capacity to learn, to adapt, and to network. Like, so that's what I would be banking my, my decision on. Are you able to go in this environment and learn? Do you have the capacity to learn? I believe I do. Um, do you have the capacity to go out and build relationships? I believe I do. Can you adapt? And adaptation is important to me because I'm talking about going into a new environment with a level of thinking that I've probably never been around in my life consistently. Right. Doesn't mean I don't know anybody at this level. Doesn't mean I look, I, I work at a fortune 50 organization. There's a bunch of smart people um, that I work with every single day. But what I'm talking about is when you are in an environment like that, it is going to cultivate innovation, success, um, you know, look, even people who drop out, I, I mean, Zuckerberg dropped out of school, Bill Gates dropped out of school. Um, you got people who dropped out, who met people at college, dropped out and created some of the um, most significant organizations in the world. So if you happen to go to Harvard, what are the chances that you can bring value, you can adapt, you can learn, and that you have the ability to network with people who also have those same skill sets and together y'all may um you know either start a business or come up together in business but at the end of the day it's the value of that network so i'm gonna ask you a question right now let me change the question a little bit just for a second if i asked you would you rather have a hundred thousand dollars or become a personal friend of Barack Obama, which one would you choose? Oh, we asking good questions today. If I asked you, would you rather have $100,000 right now cash 
or become a personal friend. When I say personal friend, meaning cell phone to cell phone, you can call them, y'all can go out to lunch, you can mentor. Like, would you rather be Barack Obama's friend? Now, keep in mind, the reason I'm using Barack Obama is because this could have been possible had you gone to Harvard at the same time as him and been his friend. Maybe y'all both like to hoop together and go to the same cafe or have interest in politics. My point is Barack Obama went to Harvard. I am sure that there is somebody who went to Harvard, met Barack Obama during that time, and that meeting, that that uh, relationship that was developed there is worth far more than $100,000. Would you rather be Barack Obama's friend? I would, I would say, most, well, I'll speak for myself. I would choose to be Barack Obama's personal friend over having $100,000 because I think being Barack Obama's personal friend over time, once he knows me and understand the things that I'm capable of, the skill sets and talents I have and the value that I can bring, I would argue that that my my capacity and my skill set with uh, someone in my network like a Barack Obama would produce a hundred thousand dollars a hundred times. Get what I'm saying? This is how we have to look at it. Now, if we looking at it that way, I do want to I want to throw out a couple more things because people may say, well, what's the average? I wrote I wrote some of this stuff down so I wouldn't forget. Let's see the average the average salary for a Harvard graduate within six years of graduation. So Harvard alumni within six years of graduating on average is $97,000. Now, again, these numbers are estimates. I got some of these numbers from Indeed, some of them uh, from the Harvard Crimson. I was just online, you know, just searching for different data. So it's not like I fact check all of this. I looked for different variations and what the commonalities were. And these seem to be fairly um safe numbers to assume so if the average harvard graduate makes ninety-seven thousand dollars after within six years of graduating so let's round that up to a hundred thousand dollars now here would be my question let's just say if we went out 15 years if we judge the decision from year one versus year 15 year one you get a three hundred thousand dollar uh scholarship that's covering the four, first four years or you get $100,000 cash. The person who chose $100,000 cash in year one clearly won the race, right? But let's project this out to year 10, year 15. If I graduated from Harvard and on average making $97,000, $100,000 within six years, so that means within six years, that $100,000 you got has become my salary within six years of graduating. Now, 52% of Harvard graduates make 70,000 from day one. That was according to the 2017 graduate graduating class. 70,000 from day one. You get what I'm saying? So the, the way that I look at these numbers is, has the person that took the $100,000 produced any more money beyond $100,000? And that's why I asked, what, what are you going to do? Once you pay your bills and you live in a comfortable life, cool. Like now what? Now you, because you didn't go get the Harvard education, so you're not going to get the same, potentially not going to get the same quality of job that you would have gotten, or at least you're not going to get it as fast as you would have gotten it at Harvard. You don't have the Rolodex that you would have in the network had you gone to Harvard. So, 
And again, I'm not saying this to say that it is impossible for the hundred thousand dollars to be the better decision. It's just that, as you see, you know, my mind is thinking more about this network. And I am saying there is no way possible because this is even without the network. I can go make one hundred thousand dollars within six years, leveraging a Harvard degree um, that obviously increases more and more over time and gets into the multi six figures. Uh, very fast. So you're talking, you know, 10 years later, you could be making 220, you know, so on and so forth from there. I mean, you make 220 for five years, you know what I mean? Like that's 10 times, you know, that, that original, <laughs> that original hundred thousand dollars. If you go and make that hundred thousand dollars when you were 18 and then go on to work a job where you make, you know, $50,000 a year, and there's nothing wrong with working a job to make $50,000 a year, by the way, but my point is the numbers just won't add up. You won't have the network. You won't have the uh, the Harvard uh, uh, name on your resume. You won't have the credibility. Um, that $100,000 will probably be gone in 10 years, I think it's safe to say. Unless you are a wizard and you are very bright and know exactly what to do with this $100,000, then you could also argue I could do a lot more with the hundred dollars today because I know what to do with it. I know where to sit it. And within that six years that that person got to wait to make a hundred thousand, I can already be a millionaire within six to 10 years. That is also possible. So I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I'm really just, I'm really asking, has people thought through this in that way? Like, are you really thinking about it? Or are we just going with the money? Cause the money there today. Now here's the other thing. Again, I'm banking on this. So so now we're going to get to this is my answer. My answer is I would take the Harvard education. I actually think the Harvard education within 10 years could be valued at over a million dollars versus the hundred thousand dollars that you could give a person when they were 18. Number one, I'm 18 years old. So I got, you know, uh, I never like uh, let me be careful how I say this. I have enough you know let's assuming you know by the grace of god that 18 year old lives to be 100 let's just say 100 right um and i know everybody don't live to be 100 but i just want to say a high number and speak life um this person is 18 you they have years to potentially mess up with business and they they there's no there is no urgency around them having it figured out so i could take those four years of graduate, you know, of going to Harvard, developing relationships and, you know, um, learning, like learning, right, as well, um, but also networking. And I could take those four years and maybe even a couple years after that, I'm only 24, 25 years old. Even if I failed at everything, but got my degree from Harvard and started at that point, I'm going to, I'm going to be successful. If I have a, a Harvard business degree, Trust me. And I'm smart and capable. And I actually learned even if I started a business that failed or we tried to start Airbnb competition, whatever, and that didn't do well. I still have those relationships. Now, as I go through corporate America, let's talk about that. Now you're in corporate America. You had a job. You're probably one of the only people at your job with a Harvard degree. Let's be honest. People are going to value that. OK, let's say you're single, right? You, you're single. You're a single guy. You're a good looking guy. Let's just be real. I like to keep it a hundred. 
you meeting that girl, you talking to her parents. Yeah, I uh yeah, I have a business degree from Harvard University. That Harvard, huh? The heart come on, bruh. You get the girl, you got the job, you smart, you success. Like you gonna find your way to success and you have access. Now, again, I, this is I'm speaking personally for myself right now. One of the things that I didn't have that I see other people in corporate America having is that access to a network. I believe I'm talented. I believe I'm, I've, I've proven that. Like I've been a part of uh, major projects. I've had a lot of successes um, through my career. But there have been times where I've seen one difference and one difference only. And that is that someone else at different, at different times throughout my career had a relationship. And I didn't even always know it at the time. There were times that somebody might have gotten a job and it turns out that they daddy went to school with the manager. and They got the same alma mater. They sent from the same this, this, this. Being where I'm from, I'm like, it ain't too many people from where I'm from in here. So you don't have that commonality. And I want people to think before, because I know some people don't like being real about this type of stuff uh, when it comes to networking and um access and success and things but i'm gonna tell you like just let's we ain't talk we ain't got to get deep about race we ain't got to make it about nothing that's gonna make you uncomfortable people like things and people that are familiar with them i'm gonna give you an example if you take your favorite sports team and let's say i'm a detroit pistons fan if i go to california to a lakers game and my, i'm in there with a pistons hat on and i walk past a dude in a pistons t-shirt we probably going to speak to each other. Why? Because we're in an unfamiliar uh, place, but we see something familiar. We see something that we have in common. So one of the things about networking that I like and that I'm even learning more and more today, a lot of networking is about building those familiarities with people, because a lot of times people we're not I'm not walking around with the logo for the things that we have familiar, like the Pistons might be pretty obvious or if you're in Australia and you have an American flag on your hat and somebody else has it on their jacket, that's something that can kind of call out, hey, we're both American, right? And maybe you standing in line with that person and y'all have small talk because of it. But there are some things that are familiarities that are not as recognizable, right? Because we like to think about things like skin color and stuff like that, but we're human beings. Like, trust me, some people get blinded by all that stuff. And they miss all the other familiarity. So a lot of times people get boxed out of the club and you can't get in there to build the relationships because you don't have those um, outside factors or they don't see the, the common logo or the familiar trait or whatever it may be. And so sometimes it can be difficult from someone who doesn't come from that culturally. And I'm going to be honest, too. One of the things uh, for me as well is if I just use as an example, like where I come from culturally, like I grew up in Detroit. I grew up in church, like uh, something as an example, drinking is not a casual hobby for me. So a lot of times, even now, like when I find myself in corporate America, so much of the um, networking is built around drinking. So it's like, how do I get through that? Right. How do I find ways um, to still build relationships when really culturally 
the environment is not conducive to things that I do or even enjoy, to be honest. There are a lot of times it's like I'm at corporate events and it's like it's just genuinely I don't enjoy this stuff. And so those are things you have to work through uh, to figure out how to network with people. And a lot of times when you're trying to do that, when you're in your career, it is challenging. It is not easy to network with people as full grown adults who are already stuck in your ways, already have your biases, your stereotypes, your preferences like that is challenging to break through because people also tend to judge you. You know, if it's a person that drinks and you don't drink, they always want to know why, why you don't drink or whatever. That could be a negative to them. Nobody's going to say it, but that's life. That's just how it works. I'm always aware of those type of things. And I'm always mindful as I'm trying to build relationships and things that like, hey, where's the common ground? And I'm just being real. It's not always easy to find. It's not always easy to find the common ground. So the 18 year old me could have went to Harvard. It's much easier, in my opinion. It was much easier for me as a 18 to 20 year old to find common ground with people versus being an adult because when you were an adult, now it's about politics. Now it's about, you know, you voted for this and you believe in this. It's about the, it's about all these things. When I was younger, it's just like, oh, we hooping. What up? Let's start Airbnb. Or, oh, you like to play Madden. I like to play Madden. Uh, you know, you like fashion. I like fashion. Oh, I got the red J's. You got the black ones. Like, cool. Like when you were younger, it's easier to build those genuine relationships because you don't have all these built up negative things uh, that have come into your life over the past 10 or 15 years. Um, that, and, and maybe that's different now because I know the world is different. And a lot of times kids now are also very highly politically driven. But what I could tell you is when we were in college, I could not tell you who my friends were voting for. I couldn't tell you if they liked whoever. Like I, I had no idea and better yet, neither did I care. So my answer is I'll take the Harvard education because I think if you take the $300,000 that it costs and you even factor out the amount of money that you would make, even if you make $100,000 for 10 years um, and um, not even considering the relationships, I am going to bank on the fact that if I go to Harvard for four years, I am going to at least meet one person that's going to be worth knowing in my future. One person that I can have that I can call or um, you know, uh, communicate with, whether it be mentor, whether it be, I can help them or they can help me. There's going to be at least a valuable relationship that probably produces more than a hundred thousand dollars over the life of that relationship. So that is how I view the question of $100,000 versus a Harvard scholarship. If I'm being real with you, I find it very hard to even consider the hundred thousand dollars in this. And I would, again, I'm open to um, other points of view. This is not me saying it's a right or wrong thing. I'm just sharing my strong opinion about it. And I just don't see, I, people would have to show me where they have successfully done the right thing with a hundred thousand dollars with 20,000, with 10,000. Because there's people that get $10,000 profit sharing checks or bonuses or whatever. And they don't have those now. And that ain't nothing but that 10 times. So it's, it's like, well, if you had it once and you didn't do the right. If you've had $20,000 before and, and, and don't have any of it to show for it right now, that's only 
$20,000 five times. Like, why should I believe that you're going to be able to take $100,000 and change the world with it? So that's just my mindset with it. And if I'm being real, I mean, you can get to the 100000 without Harvard. So it's like the 100000 isn't something that's unattainable in my mind. And it doesn't produce, like the, the Harvard... The Harvard scholarship that's valued at $300,000, I mean, I'm going to be real with you. Somebody could almost offer me that today and it might, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, like, all right. Okay, whatever. I ain't going to get into all that. But what I'm saying is that even as an adult, if somebody told you, okay, for the next four years, you know, downsize, minimize your lifestyle, whatever, whatever. And you're going to go take this Harvard uh, Harvard degree uh, and layer it on top of the experience and education and knowledge that you already have. Like even that I could take four years off and come back and light up the world. You know what I'm saying? So and that's that's a whole different conversation. But my point is, I just see a lot of value in relationships, man. I see people um, who make it places in life. I've learned that they make it there a lot of times off the relationships. And that's just the reality that I think a lot of times maybe maybe people don't want to believe it. And, and the last thing I'll say too is like money don't solve money problems. So if a person if a person wants that $100,000 because they broke, I'm just not convinced that like just adding more adding money on it is it's like putting Vaseline on a gunshot wound. You feel what I'm saying? What up, Leandria? How you feeling? How you feeling? You say you agree. Let's see. Uh, when most people graduate from Harvard, their entry-level positions pay at least 100K. They will make that money over and over, plus have all the connections. It's a no-brainer. I really couldn't agree more, Leandria. Like, and I, I'm, I'm so confused or perplexed at how many people said they would take the $100,000 because to me, it's not even close. It, it is... I just it it's literally not even close. If if I told people today that I had I had a Harvard business degree and I was teaching a online master class on business, there are people who would literally just find credibility in me and pay a hundred dollars for the course, like just because. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he went to Harvard, like that. It, it's what I, I'm a realist, you know, and I think sometimes people struggle to be real. Those things have credibility. They do. Like, they they do, man. So, look, I appreciate y'all listening to this today, man. Uh, episode 187, Harvard versus 100K. Um, if you just uh, dropping in, please go and check out all the points that we made or I made throughout the, throughout the conversation. Um, and let me know if I convinced you. If you a person that was originally saying you was going to rock with the 100,000, let, let me know if my argument was convincing or compelling. Maybe it wasn't. And maybe like, you know, I'm going to take the hundred thousand. I'm going to make it do what I do. But I just want you to realize that's a risk, too. And, you know, if you go and take that hundred thousand dollars and I go and become friends with the next president and, you know, end up working with them or on their campaign or whatever it may be, um, my life could be different. It's not what you know. It's who you know. And I don't think enough of us truly realize that as reality and not just a cliche. It's not just something to be said. It is life. And I think also the reason I like thinking like that is because even as I do my podcast, it has caused me to 
to value people more. I value every person that I interview. I value every person that I email. Some people, like I reach out to people every week to email them and talk to them. Some don't respond, right? And a lot of times when I even look at that, it's like, oh, they don't know me, right? This, I'm telling you, knowing people and also bringing value to people is an important aspect of success because none of us can do it on our own. So you have to be willing to A, be in a position to learn about people, to ask questions, to learn from people, but you also have to be developing yourself so that you can bring value to people. And that's what I hang my hat on. It's like, hey, even when people come on my podcast and you know they're sharing their story, their successes and things like that, my hope is that when they are you know, on this platform, that they are also valuing the platform and realizing, oh, I might not have heard of this yesterday, may have never even, you know, thought or seen anything about Inspire Guys people. Maybe Inspire Guys people doesn't have 100,000 followers or a million followers or whatever, or not. Maybe we don't. We don't. But there's still value there. And maybe it's not instant gratification. Maybe in 10 years, Inspire Guys people will be worth something that you can't see today. Maybe we will have built something that you can't see today. And if we have built those organic, um, you know, relationships and had those organic experiences, then maybe sometime later in life, there's going to be a phone, a friend or a remember me that you can hang your hat on. But some of us, the problem is we don't value people enough to network with them or to ask questions or to learn about them. So we end up isolating ourselves to the point that we really only try to be around people that we can see um, that can do something for us in the short term. And we constantly sh uh, chase that short term gratification, that instant gratification. And far too many times, we don't have too many times of it leading anywhere. And that's what I would ask people. Show me where somebody has, has changed the world that you know personally with $20,000. Because $100,000 ain't nothing but that five times or 10000 And what we do is we lie to ourselves sometimes and we say, if I had this, if I had more. And I'm telling you, money just doesn't solve money problems. I've seen so many people who have a poverty mindset get more money and just end up in, in more debt um, when it's all said and done. That doesn't mean that's going to be you. Hopefully you enjoyed this deep conversation um, about this idea of choosing between a Harvard scholarship and $100,000. I definitely appreciate you watching. Please do like, subscribe, share. Check us out on YouTube at Inspire Guys People. Also on um, Instagram at Inspire Guys People. I try to share uh, short clips throughout the week. So I'll be doing that with this episode. If you missed it and you want to catch some of the short clips and you want to share them with some friends or some family, or you just want to like them and show some love, check us out at Inspire Guys People. And until then, man, y'all have an amazing, amazing, amazing day. I appreciate y'all.